Hey guys, we are looking at our second lesson in our walk with the Master. And our passage today comes from John chapter 1, verses 35 through 51. And we are looking today at our introduction to Jesus. And this is going to be the first time many of the disciples meet Jesus Christ. Some of them will follow him later, uh, particularly Peter, and we'll look at that calling in our next devotion. But here we have the first encounter that many of the disciples will have. And we read this starting at verse 35. The next day again, John, that's John the Baptist, was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and follow Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, So you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see the heaven opened, and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. You know, this passage is so loaded with good stuff, it's, it's really hard to fit all in one devotion. For starters, we see four types of introductions in this passage. The first individual introduced to Jesus is Andrew, and he's introduced by John the Baptist. He's introduced by a preacher, and so a lot of us come to know Jesus Christ in this way. We grow up going to church, we hear about him through a Sunday school teacher or a pastor or something along those lines. And we find that immediately upon being introduced to Jesus, Andrew, he goes and finds Peter. This is the second type of introduction, and that is that Peter is introduced to Jesus, and his name is Simon at this time. He's introduced to Jesus by a family member. A third type of introduction we see is that Jesus himself goes and finds Philip. Now, some people have this experience. They aren't necessarily introduced by way of a teacher or by way of a preacher or even by way of a family member. They have some supernatural experience of Jesus Christ or some supernatural experience of God's calling in their life and they're converted. An example of this that you can find in the Bible other than Philip is of course the Apostle Paul and he's on the road to Damascus and Jesus Christ just appears before him and says, Paul why are you persecuting me? And so some people do have these supernatural experiences. Cornelius is given a vision and he contacts Peter as a result of it. We have also this individual, Nathaniel, and Philip found Nathaniel. And so some of us have this experience, a friend or a neighbor or someone like that, 
they just reach out to us and they share the gospel of Jesus Christ with us. But we have to say that in each of these cases, someone was looking for these individuals. And John the Baptist, when he sees Jesus Christ, he tells his disciples. And, and Andrew, he goes and he finds Peter. It says he found him, which meant he had to have been looking for him. He finds Peter and he tells him about Jesus. And then Jesus himself finds Philip. And Philip finds Nathaniel. And so we see in each of these cases that someone had to be proactive and in taking the initiative to tell someone else about Jesus. It didn't just kind of come up by way of conversation. And so I kind of reject this whole idea of lifestyle evangelism, that just live a good life before people and, and they will eventually ask you. You know, that's not really the case. In most cases, someone took the initiative, probably with you listening, someone took the initiative to tell you about Jesus, which means we're also going to need to take the initiative to tell other people about Jesus. Also, we see different kinds of attitudes toward Jesus Christ in this passage. Andrew, he's a religious follower of John the Baptist, and so he gravitates toward Jesus right away. He wants to know more. He calls him rabbi. He stays at his house, wants to learn from him. Peter's more reluctant. Peter does not follow Jesus Christ at this time. He meets Jesus, and we'll find out in another passage that Peter's convicted by his own sin. But nonetheless, Jesus does say, hey, from now on, you're going to be called Peter. But Peter's more of your average, blue-collar, working-class guy. He's a fisherman who's kind of living his own life, doing his own thing. And we see even Nathaniel in this passage, who seems to be a bit of a skeptic. Philip comes to him and he says, we found the Messiah. It's Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathaniel says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Now, he's not just being a bigot when he says this. The reality is, is he knows the Old Testament law and that there's no mention of a, a Messiah coming out of Nazareth. The Messiah is to come out of Bethlehem. And he's familiar with this. And, you know, Philip probably doesn't really have all the answers at this point. So he does something that is very, very good that we can all learn from. He says, come and see. And that is, he doesn't try to just convince Nathaniel that he's wrong or engage him in an argument. He says, let me just take you to Jesus and let Jesus do the introducing, let Jesus do the work here, and let him convince you. And guys, the, one of the best pieces of advice I can give you for skeptics is keep taking him back to the Word of God. You don't have to try to win an argument over him. It is important to know what you believe. But ultimately, rejection of Jesus Christ is not something that happens in the head. It's something that happens in the heart. And it's a result of sin, not of logic. And so, while it is important for Christians to know what they believe and be able to defend what they believe, more important is the ability to take people to the words of Jesus Christ, to Jesus Christ himself, bring them to church, and say, I want you to experience Jesus Christ, and you make your decision based on that. And so we see, however, that in each of these cases, it's Jesus that is doing all the work. In the case of Andrew, it's Jesus that was able to teach him and persuade him. With Simon, it's Jesus that gives him a new identity. With Philip, it's Jesus that calls him to himself. And with Nathaniel, it's Jesus that convinces him. And so in any kind of outreach, it has to really be Jesus that's doing all the work. You know, anything I can talk you into today, someone else can talk you out of tomorrow. 
And so we really have to rely on the Holy Spirit, rely on God to do a work in people's lives. All we can do is be faithful about communicating the message. But the main character, of course, in this passage is not these four men that are introduced to Jesus. The main character is Jesus himself. And we see that by the many things that he's called in this passage. Uh, just running through them quickly, he's called the Lamb of God, he's called Rabbi, he's called Messiah, he's called He of whom Moses wrote, he's called the Son of God, the King of Israel, and the Son of Man. And each of these titles have a different implication. The Lamb of God, of course, refers to Jesus like the Passover Lamb, bearing the wrath of God for the people. And it's, put, it's pointing forward to what Jesus Christ does on the cross. Rabbi communicates that Jesus is a teacher who tells us truth about God. And of course, he can only do that because he's come from heaven and knows about God. Titles Messiah and King of Israel is pointing that to that Jesus is God's appointed messenger and the heir to David's throne. He is the promised one who was to come. He of whom Moses wrote refers to Jesus being an intercessor between man and God and speaking the very words of God. So in the Old Testament, Moses represented the people to God and represented God to the people. And Jesus is going to be the one that stands in the gap, so to speak. He is going to be that individual that both represents us to God and represents God to us. And so the Bible says that there is one God and that there's one mediator between man and God, and that's the person, Jesus Christ. The Son of God tells us that Jesus is uniquely like God, that he has the fullness of divinity in his being. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son. Now, we are adopted children of God when we receive Jesus Christ is our Savior, but Jesus alone is the begotten Son of God and that he shares divinity with God and that everything that is true about God is true about him as well. And all the fullness of God dwells in him bodily, as Colossians 2.9 says. Jesus' self-designation, what he often refers to himself, is the Son of Man. And this comes from a passage out of Daniel chapter 7. The title refers to Jesus' supernatural authority over God's kingdom on over all of creation. So we see Jesus having authority over the earth and having the fullness of God's authority on him. Now he makes a statement to Nathaniel then that also tells us something about him. He says, You will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is a reference to an Old Testament story where Jacob has a dream and in his dream he sees a stairway or a ladder. It's actually probably more of what we would call a ziggurat. If you want to go look that up you can. Where angels are walking up and down on it and he sees a gateway into heaven. And Jesus is saying that he is the gateway to heaven. That he is the door or gate or way by which a person may have access to God. And in that then, he is the only means by which we can have a relationship with God. He'll tell his followers in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man may come to the Father except through me. We find that in this passage, there are different kinds of people that come to know Jesus through different means, but it's Jesus himself that transforms the individual. And so 
while we may talk to people about Jesus, Jesus is the one who does all the work. And as a result of coming to Jesus, there is a transformation that takes place. And so the question for you is, how has this happened? Just some questions for you to ask yourself and to think about how God is working in your life. First, there should have been a defining moment in your life where you heard about Jesus Christ and you received him as your Lord and Savior. I think each person needs to be able to tell that story. I would say, what was your story and how would you tell it to another? And you may even want to just get out a small piece of paper and in a few sentences talk about how did you come to know Jesus Christ. Now your testimony is not really a story about you and all the things you did. It's really a story about God and what he's done in your life. Secondly, we see that a relationship with Jesus Christ is defined by someone's transformation. Andrew went from following one person to following another. Peter's given a new identity. Uh, Philip, we find he's given a purpose. He becomes this soul winner that wants to reach out to people. And finally, Nathaniel is changed by his convictions. And so how have those things changed in your life? How has your direction changed? How has your identity changed? How has your purpose in life changed? How have your convictions changed by knowing Jesus Christ as your Savior? And if you say, well, those things really haven't changed for me, then I would say you probably haven't had a real experience of Jesus Christ because our God is a transforming God. Also, how have you come to know Jesus more deeply? We find a lot of titles in this passage. Um, how would you say, my life, I've come to know Jesus in a very intimate way, and this is who he is to me. To, to me, I really have experienced him as being that son of God or that king in my life. And, you know, Finally, we see that once a person met Jesus, they tended to have an attitude where they wanted to introduce more people to Jesus. And so I would ask you also to think, okay, now that I have this story and I can talk about what Jesus has done in my life, who am I going to tell? Think about who is God calling me to tell my story to? Not just in a church setting, but outside of a church setting, you know. And it would just be fine for you just to say to someone, you know, hey, I've known you for a while. Have I ever told you about how I became a Christian and about what God has done in my life? Because that is a story. Everyone's got a testimony. Everyone has a story that they can tell. And so I encourage you to think about what is my story and how can I share that with someone else? Thank you for listening. God bless you. I'll talk to you again soon.